Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. I have an interesting message here. I want to read it out to you. Now, it's a little bit long-winded, but I think it's important. And it says, Hi Niall, can you discuss how difficult it is for people to actually get to see a GP these days? I have many underlying health conditions that require me to see a GP on a regular basis. Due to the COVID-19, I obviously have not seen my doctor in months. I recently noticed a decline in my health and needed to see my GP. I'm not unwell in the sense that I have flu-like symptoms or anything like that. I, I am unwell of my un- with my underlying conditions and needed to get my medications checked out. Because, of course, people who are unwell or taking a lot of medications make, need to make sure they have the right medication and it's not counteracting with some other medication, for example, and causing a problem. I understand that. I call my GP for an appointment, as you would. A phone consultation is no good to me, as I would need to have my blood pressure checked and the likes. I had an appointment booked, and because I have a bit of a cough, which I've always had due to my health, I was not allowed to see my doctor. I was forced to go to a hub for a COVID-19 test in order to be able to see my GP. Of course, I went even though I knew I didn't have COVID-19 or any of the symptoms. The doctor in the hub did not test me for COVID-19 as they said I didn't need one. My temperature was fine and I have no other symptoms apart from my usual cough, which I've had all my life. I had to wait until the next day to get an appointment to see my GP. I understand caution, but surely if there's no community transmission and that the fact that I am a cocooner, surely I should be have an appo- or I should be given an appointment sooner. It is the healthcare setting after all. I can go to a shop but not to see my doctor. Doesn't make sense to me. The rigmarole I had to go through just to get to see a doctor is crazy. I also know about other people who've had to f- have had phone consultations with their GP and it cost them 40 or 50 euro for a 3-minute conversation on the telephone. I know doctors are making a few quid out of this and they also get extra money for referring you for a test which is probably why that poor woman was referred to a test for a test Uh, I think it is wrong that we're being told that if we're sick uh, to seek help uh, but getting help is an ordeal in itself can you talk about this on your show because I am confident I'm not the only person finding it difficult just to get to see a doctor thanks Moraid now Moraid is right there's a huge problem in this country at the moment uh, getting to see a doctor and there's a multifaceted reasons why this is happening. Doctors are currently being paid to do phone consultations. They're also getting paid extra then to send you for a COVID test if they deem it necessary. When you ring your doctor, you'll be asked, do you have any COVID symptoms? Um, doctors will only let people into the waiting rooms one by one. Um, and it is a healthcare setting. We always had people sick going into doctors. Everybody was famous that he went into a waiting room and a doctor, everybody was sitting around sneezing and coughing. And there was always that risk, I suppose. But it just seems now that doctors and healthcare settings are not willing to take the risk of seeing sick people anymore. They don't want to see sick people because they can talk to you on the phone and get paid. Think about it logically if you were a GP, right? So let's say Helena, for example, had to go to the doctor. Okay, or I had to go to the doctor. Anyway, I don't know why I used Helena as an example there. I had to go to the doctor, okay? So the doctor will see me. It takes 20 minutes, half hour maybe. You know what I mean? Because I'm going to have to chit-chat. What's wrong? How's things? How are you getting on? Grand, pain in my leg, whatever. Have a look. Yeah, check that out. They'll check your chest, check your throat, all the rest. Right. So that all takes about 20 minutes. Whereas now, they're getting paid the same amount of money to chat to you for three minutes on the phone. And you can diagnose yourself. It's a no-brainer, isn't it, for a doctor or for a GP's office because they can go through more people, essentially. We're missing out on catching illnesses. People are genuinely sick and nobody wants to see them anymore. 
Nobody wants to come face to face with them, check their blood pressure, check, put a stethoscope on them, listen to their chest. Nobody wants to do that anymore. These are healthcare settings. That's what, that's their job. They signed up for it. It's like a guard turning around and saying, you know, when you ring and you say, I've got a burglar in the house, he's downstairs. All right, yeah, hold on, I put you on to a sergeant for 20 minutes. Yeah, he's downstairs now. Uh, can you come out and say, ah, no, no, we don't actually go to crimes anymore. Uh, we just talk to you on the phone about it. Could you imagine if that happened? It wouldn't be acceptable. So why is it acceptable for doctors not to be allowed to see people anymore? Particularly when Tony Holohan has said there is no transmission in the community. I just don't get it. So maybe you've had a problem. What has your experience been receiving healthcare? Um, do you believe that something has gone awry when it comes to healthcare in this country? Let me go to Fiona. Fiona, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Fiona? I'm not too bad, Noel. How are you? Thank you. Good. I had a bit of a rant there, but I'm grand now. <laughs> <laughs> Has to be done sometimes. Yeah, but it's true, isn't it? Nobody wants it to see anybody anymore. No. How are no, you keeping? They don't. I'm not too bad, thank you. I was on your show about three weeks ago, four weeks ago. That's right. You needed heart surgery, if I, I remember did. rightly. Yeah. Yeah. So I was on your show on the Tuesday, and on the Wednesday, I got a phone call to organise my angiogram. Well, that's a bit of a coincidence, isn't I, it? Uh, yes, very, very much so a coincidence. So, and I then, the following week, I was taken in for surgery. I'm two weeks post-op now. Okay, and how are you feeling? I'm fantastic. Okay. I'm great. Okay, well, I suppose it's a load off your yeah. mind, too, that you know you're not a ticking time bomb, because when we talk to you, because of what, they, what you had and the symptoms yes. you had and, and what you've gone through in your life, you were essentially sitting there waiting for a heart attack to happen. Exactly, yeah. But now so, that, that's, that's a load off your mind now that you can just sit there now and, and at least you know, well, look, okay, I feel a little bit unwell, obviously, you're post-op. But in yeah. saying that, things will be coming back to normal very soon. How long is it going to take? Yeah, um, three to six months. Okay, so, all right. But, I mean, obviously, I, I have to go back up and see him in about six weeks' time. But, um, but no, it was, just, it was just the way it escalated. It was really strange. And um, did they, the by the way, did they do that surgery, you know, through, a, and I don't want to get too graphic on the air about it, the whole thing, and I don't want to bring it all back to you, but is, is yeah. it done through a small hole, you know, the kind of microsurgery, or is that where they literally no, have to cut you open? Open heart surgery, yeah. I've got, oh, about, I've got about six or seven each scar down my chest. Wow. That's really, I remember my father had, going back, he had a quadruple bypass, uh, going back about 15, 20 years ago. It was a, a good long time. I mean, thankfully, the man lived a good, a good age afterwards, but he had a quadruple bypass. But for months, even when he coughed, the pain, he had to hold yeah. a cushion up to his chest when he coughed. Yeah. The physios were fantastic. The surgeons were absolutely amazing once I got up there. And the physios, the next day, mm. literally, I was still in, I was still in the intensive care. And the physios came around and they teach you how to how to cough and knees and everything how to hold yourself but well, he used to give out he used to give out to me because I used to make him laugh and he was constantly <laughs> giving out to me saying stop making me laugh I'd purposely tell him jokes yeah no, I'm sorry I'm, I'm making like, you laugh now and I shouldn't you be doing no, exactly. <laughs> I shouldn't no, do that I'm very lucky I'm, like I'm not in too much pain at all it's kind of it Great. feels really really quickly but, uh, but yeah, the way that it escalated after being on your show, uh, it was a huge coincidence. It was, so, uh, <laughs> it was a massive coincidence. It seems it was the next day. Maybe they recognised you. Well, you did give your name out as well. So I'm delighted yeah. to see that you've got it done. But generally yeah. speaking, do you think, you know, that because of COVID-19, we're probably going to suffer in relation yeah. to, you know, the secondary effects and deaths because people are just huge. not being diagnosed? They're not. They're not. And I was talking to some people while I was in the hospital as well. And they were kind of kept waiting as well because 
people just don't know what to do. Obviously, the healthcare professionals are being kept on the long finger as well by the government because they want to see people. They want to get stuff done. Do they? Um, because they I, get, I, I, they get I get the impression done, that yeah. they're, they're kind of happy enough to be doing it over the phone. No, well, I'm talking about the hospital appointments. Oh, okay, more, more all right. So as opposed to the GPs. Yeah. I know, I, I, like, I did have an issue getting in touch with the GP once before the operation, but since they've not, you know, this, I've been down to my GP twice this week already, um, just for stitches and different things. But mm. um, I just think that, you know, there is, they are kind of pulling their feet. They're trying to see what they can do um, or what they can't do, basically. And did you get, um, did you have to get a COVID test before you went for the surgery? I did. I went in on the day before the surgery and I had a whole load of routine um, heart tests done and spent all day going to different departments and they'd done the COVID test too. And so, the, the, there would be a huge risk, obviously, to heart surgery. Um, what, I mean, what's that moment like when, you know, they obviously have to knock you out? Um, you know, I mean, for me, because I'm, I'm a hypochondriac, I'd be lying there thinking, is this my last breath? <laughs> Am I ever going yeah. to wake up from this? I mean, yeah. were you worried? No, I had, I had, I'd, I'd met the surgeon beforehand. I had every faith in him. Um, I knew that it was something that I, it wasn't a decision that I... Had a choice in, really. Yeah, you yeah, had exactly, to get it done. You know, I, had, I had to get it done. Yeah. And I'd kind of come to terms with that myself in my own head. And I had... Actually, the morning of the surgery, I had a lovely nurse that stayed with me all the time, Amy, and she was just fantastic. And we sat and we laughed. She gave me the sedation before I went down to the anaesthetic room. And I remember meeting the anaesthetist and all having a laugh and joke around the bed. The next it was, I woke up. And it was, it was just absolutely, absolutely amazing. I didn't have no worry. I went into surgery with no worries whatsoever. Good. Well, because you'd waited so, so long at that stage, of course, and and you, exactly. and you were and you were so anxious about the fact that you could have had a heart attack yes. in the I interim. Think it's relief. I think yeah. it's relief that I was actually in there. Oh, well, look, something, I'm, and I'm, something was being done. Fiona, I'm absolutely delighted. You know that in the space of three weeks after you talked to us the last time, and you were so concerned the last time that you know you yeah. weren't getting any response. And I'm delighted they got onto you the next day, and and now yeah. you have a new lease of life, as they say. Exactly, I'm on the other side of it now. Absolutely, and every day I'm getting stronger, so it's absolutely phenomenal. Well done, so and, and continue good health, you all right. Thanks very much thank indeed, you. and thanks for having me on the show again. All, all right, right. we appreciate thank it. You. All right, we appreciate thank you coming you. on, Marion. You're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Marion? Hi, Neil. How are you? Good, Martin. You haven't been able to see a GP either. My situation is an absolute disgrace. Right. What What happened or what, what reason um, did you have to see a GP? Ever before. The, oh, I have COPD. Okay. I have a lot of complaints. I have high blood pressure. I have a severe arthritis. I'm on I have medication here. It's like I'm like a chemist shop. Right, okay. And now ever before the outbreak of the first outbreak of COVID-19 in Ireland, I saw a GP. Um, and I had an infection. I was getting sicker and sicker. Then we had the first outbreak. Okay. And I phoned the GP, and from then on, you couldn't. You couldn't get to see one. See a GP, so I was put down for a COVID test. Um, then the criteria changed. Right, that happened to a lot of people, and, and you were taken uh, back off the list again. Exactly. Yeah. Um, no, I have had a cough continuously. Since before the outbreak, because you have COPD, obviously, exactly. yeah, yeah. But it was it, it was getting worse and worse and worse. I was on and off for I suppose for three and a half months down the road, are we? Yeah. Um, I have been on steroids and antibiotics more than I've been off them. 
And are you getting fo- do you get a phone consultation with your doctor? I got, I could be waiting three to four days for a phone call back. Okay. It's just not good. Go this is not good enough at all. Sure, it's not. It it's really an absolute is. disgrace, and I'm only one person. Yeah. And the reason I'm coming on the radio is I'm feeling very, very strong about it. I believe people with underlying conditions are dying, and we're not even be told about it. Yeah. No, I would um, absolutely agree with you. I think people are going to die because yeah, they're not because I'm they're not getting healthcare. I think I'm going to be one of them. Why do you think that? Because I have, um, I ended up. I was told not to go to the out-of-hours doctor because it was too dangerous. But I ended up when I'd been so sick that I had to go. I was examined in the car park. In the car the park? Out in the car park of the out-of-hours doctors. Um, I had a lung infection. I was put on major strong antibiotics. Um, I was on 40 milligrams of uh, cortisone a day for weeks. Which is terrible. I ended idea. up having yeah. an ambulance at my door twice. I'm assuming the steroids was to try to keep your airways open. Exactly. Yeah. Which went down up to yesterday. Um, how do you I feel? How do you feel? How do you feel today? Terrible. I was. I had an ambulance at my door twice. The doctor from the hospital was sent out to me. So there was two ambulance personnel. There was a driver and a doctor outside my door doing the job of the GP. Right. which was absolutely crazy. I ended up in one hospital, was discharged on more steroids and antibiotics, ended up inside in another hospital. I'm out seven days today. Uh, I was in there for six days. Uh, yesterday, I did get a bad turn yesterday. I don't know what happened to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of it is down to not being able to get GP. Frustration. The frustration of it, yeah. And it's a, there's a lot of people out there self-medicating because they don't know what to take, when to take it. Um, like you're on nebulizers, you're being given all different nebulizers, nebules for the nebulizer. Steroids are highly dangerous. Um, the immune system is shot. Then yeah. I think I'm doing very well. I think and you I are. And I that I feel I'm okay. I'm trying to get on with it. And I probably do too much, and I'm back to square one again. And have you got? Have you got? Don't me asking. Have you got family? Well, my family are amazing, but they're not medical. I mean, of course, yeah, but they're trying their best to try and help. Oh you. my God, they're out on their own. They're actually very worried. I'm sure they are. And how That's do you how do you feel today? You feel okay? I don't feel great, but I feel like you know we were obviously locked in, and all I was doing was going to my front door, my back door, mm-hmm. and no fresh air. And I was told by people that claim to me, medical people, that their biggest problem now is dealing with people who have been cocooned and locked in because we didn't have the fresh air, we had no exercise, so our bodies, our immune systems are shot through the floor. Yeah. Now, this is somebody with COPD. Now we have people with heart conditions, cancer patients, all being neglected. We have. We've neglected everybody. And focused on one thing and one thing only, which is COVID-19. And hospitals are half empty. Of course, yeah, I know they are. Because I spoke to people who work in the hospitals and they said it it hasn't been quieter in the last four months in 20 years. And on top of it all, Neil, this is this now for you. You won't believe this. When I got to the hospital two weeks ago, I checked in. They asked me what the problem was. I said COPD. 
to me a ridiculous question. Have you got cough oh or breathing difficulties? Of I course. Mean, I've seen yeah. PD. What do you expect? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you know where I was told to go? Wait out in the street. Oh my. That's on my word of honour. Because, because you had breathing difficulties and you had a cough. Yeah. No. You were told to wait out in the street, even I though you told them you'd COPD. I had COPD. Plus, I've had... I was tested after the criteria was changed. I was put down for a separate test. Got three appointments for the one test for the second time. I had three appointments, imagine. The first one I was never told about. The second one, I got a half an hour's notice. The third one... I was tested when I went into hospital two weeks ago because it's that's the norm anyway. That's yeah. done. So I've had three negative tests, paranoid out of my mind, and still I can't see a GP. Now I did see the the the, the another doctor that was doing duty two weeks ago. She saw me, and I was in and out, and it was after that that I was shifted to hospital. It's an absolute dis. Grace, what's going on? There's right. vulnerable people out there can't get medical help. We're just being told, take this over the phone, take that over the phone. They're talking about drug addiction and they get, people are getting prescriptions over the phone. Like I don't know how you can diagnose people over the phone. You can. No, and this is something as simple as a, you know, a cold or a flu, you know what I mean? But you can't be diagnosing people with serious illnesses over the phone. No, you can't. No. And it's an absolute disgrace. And I think the sooner something is done about this, the better. Because people, I do believe in my heart and soul. And I'm probably going to get killed now by the family. But, but this is serious. Like, Of course it is. I yeah. really believe that people have died unnecessarily. I think so. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm, I'm completely agree with you that there are people that are dying unnecessarily. And we're not being told. No. And I'm not talking about people that are... I know God loves us. God loves us, the poor elderly and the vulnerable have been left behind in all of this. But I'm talking about younger people. I'm 64. Yep. No, I know. I'm not a young one, but I don't... No, you're, you are a young thing. one. 64, you have a lot of your life left. You know, and I'm being... It's, I really... This is after leaving a mark on me that will never go away. Yeah. No, I know. I know. You've run yourself right down. I was there. sick before it, but I don't think I will ever but you, but again. You, it's not just the physic. It's not just being physically sick. You sound down in yourself. Do you I'm, just... I'm mentally, I'm mentally destroyed from it, Neil, because I have no medical help. And when you're there and you're gasping for breath, and you're and told, you can't uh, get medical. But but but, but I'm li- the way you're being tra- told to stand out in the car park, out in the main road, in the city, city hospital. Stand outside the front door. That's not the way the health service should operate. It should never That's operate. On my word of honour, no, no, I'm, I'm not. Up. I'm not doubting you for a minute. You couldn't make it up, like. No, you couldn't make it up. I'm sorry to hear you're so, di- as well as your health issues, which we need that needs to be looked at. I mean, this is what we spoke to the, the lady we spoke to just before you. She was on with us about three or four weeks ago. She was waiting for heart surgery. She was literally waiting to die because they wouldn't yeah. give her the heart surgery. I believe it. Now, thankfully, she came on the air with us. The following day, she gets a phone call. And she got her heart surgery. Um, So it's amazing what will happen when somebody goes on the radio. So thankfully, she's had the heart surgery and she's through the other side. But she was so depressed about it. And just like you. Yeah, I'm very down from it. Yeah, of course it affects your mental health. Absolutely, of course. You're sitting there every day wondering, what's wrong with me? Nobody wants to see me. I know, I thought I I was after getting COVID from the hospital. my, My symptoms were so bad. Yeah. I mean, we can't stay locked in forever. Like, I started going out two weeks ago when they lifted the restrictions. Yeah. But every time I come back in, I feel... You're worn oh out. Oh, my God. You're worn out. I feel, have I got it now, like, you know? Yeah, 
Yeah, I know. People are paranoid as well. I understand that. Marion, I wish you well, and, and I really do wish I, you well. I, I, and I, you I, should I, reach out. Make sure you, you keep in touch with your family and your I, friends. They're, and, they're amazing. Yeah, they're okay. brilliant. And I and I I really hope that you know obviously a lot of people are drawing attention to this fact now that this is going to be sorted out. GPs need to start seeing people again. No, they do, and the hospitals need to get their act together. Well, as well, well like. we've been told by the chief medical officer that COVID nineteen is not in the community anymore. So it's time. There's no risk. It's time to start seeing people like you back in a doctor's office, examined, have your blood pressure taken, check your chest, put a stethoscope on you, and make sure you're okay. And if you're not, to send you off to a hospital or give you some the right medication to deal with your problem. Exactly. Yeah, Marion. Listen, have a have a good day, and I and I That's hope you feel better. And I hope you brought it up, and I hope everybody else. I hope other people in my my situation and worse situations are looked after because this is ridiculous. It is. It is. It can't go on. You have it's part for me being suffering. My family are suffering. Looking at me. They were they worried about you? Of course they are. Yeah. Now, nobody wants to see anybody in, in, in any kind of pain or going before their time. That's a tad. You'll be around. Marion, you'll be on to, the sh- on to me next, next week or the week after, maybe hopefully laughing and having a joke, all right? Hopefully, Neil. Okay. All right, Marion. I wish you well. Night. All right, see you. Bye, bye, bye. 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 Well, that's awful. Abs- this is the problem. What has happened in this country over the last four months? Do we not want to see people anymore? Imagine telling a woman who had COPD because she has a cough, which is part of the condition of COPD. It's one of the symptoms not just to COVID-19, to stand out on the street. Lyle, you were talking rubbish. As a GP, we have never stopped seeing patients at all. Well, you can only speak for yourself, by the way. There are a lot of people texting in and saying their GP hasn't seen them. Anyway, uh, you should get your facts straight before tainting all GPs with the same brush. Uh, we are as busy as ever seeing patients face-to-face uh, where we, we were receiving €30 euro per telephone conversation to refer a patient for a COVID test and €25 euro for a telephone conversation with a medical card patient. This is due uh, to end on the 15th of June. Uh, without this payment from the HSE, half of the GP surgeries would have had to close. Uh, by the way, I'm not suggesting for a minute you shouldn't have been subsidised. Of course you should have been. Uh, you should have a look at a hospital consultants who, are now ref- who have refused to see patients during this period. Oh, you want to pass the, the blame on to them? Okay. Uh, us GPs saw patients during the crisis, but most consultants took the easy road and stopped seeing them. Don't blame GPs for everything. Well, that might be the case in your GP office, all right? But I can tell you now, shall we talk to Marcus De uh, about this last week? And he's a GP, and he told me uh, that they had a huge problem with the fact that people are not being seen at the moment. We have an email here from a woman, unless you're suggesting she's lying. Uh, her GP didn't want to see her, uh, sent her off for a COVID test, even though she had CBT, COPD and a cough, and they sent her back again with no COVID test and told her to make an appointment. The, the GP only wants to talk to her on the phone. She had to insist she go to see them. People are texting in saying they haven't seen their GP in weeks because they don't want to see them. They're only taking phone consultations. So unless you're suggesting everybody texting in today is making it all up, we're all living in fantasy land. Maybe your GP office is open. And well done to you. Fair play to you if you're still seeing people. But it seems a lot of them are not. Let me go to Amanda. Amanda, you're on Classic Kids. Amanda. Hi. Hi, Nell. Uh, you had an appointment. Yeah, I was supposed to have a checkup, um, a six week checkup, because I had an operation in February. Okay, wait, uh, who is the checkup with? Consultant? GP? Uh, no, consultant. Consultant, in, in the okay. Regional hospital. Okay. Um, it was a Vargas Lane doctor. Okay. Um, I got the letter. The appointment was booked. Then the following day after getting the letter, I got a text message, not even a phone call from the hospital, a text message to say, your appointment on such and such a day has been cancelled. Uh, we'll ring you with further notice. 
They didn't even ring me or anything. So, no, so not even it has been cancelled and here's a new date for you? No, not even a new date. Just Nothing? It's been cancelled. Um, thankfully, the consultant rang me on the date that I was supposed to have been seeing him. But his secretary rang me and she made me a new appointment for a three-month checkup. So now I'm hoping and praying that I will get to see him. Right, okay. On, in August. Now, and, and have you been to your own doctor since to have a quick now, look? Because obviously you have to have surgery. No, I haven't so. been to him. No, I had to go into the hospital on the 16th of April. Yep. Because I suffer from ovarian cysts. Okay. And I rang my GP because I was literally on the floor in tears, the amount of pain I was in. She told me, oh, you need to go to the hospital. So I went to the hospital. I didn't get seen to anyone until 1 o'clock in the morning. I was given a prescription. Yeah. I wasn't told, okay, you can go to the pharmacy and get your prescription from there. So I did what normal person do with a medical card. You go to your GP, get them to transfer to the medical card GP, um, prescription. So I went, told you one in the reception the following day. She said, take a seat. The doctor will ring you or call you in. So the doctor, she rang me, and I said, I'm out in the waiting area. She tore into me. She literally tore into me. She's like, what the hell are you doing out in the waiting room? Get out of the, the place. Get outside. You're not to be waiting inside in the waiting oh room. Oh, my. That, yeah. well, that's the same story, of course, that we were told earlier on, that somebody else was told to stand out on the street. I mean, what a way to treat people. I have a lot to get through in this, and thank you for that, Amanda, and I hope you get sorted out in the end. Lots of texts, by the way, and WhatsApp messages. My mother has vascular dementia, and I'm caring for her full-time with three young children. Uh, we have had one hospital appointment in two years. I called the public health nurse for help, and I told her I couldn't cope on my own, uh, and my own mental health is not good due to the pressure and the stress. And I was told I am wasting my time until at least October. And if I can't cope, just drop my mother to A&E. Oh, my. This is, this is what we're doing now. We actually don't seem to care about anybody, unless it's COVID-19 related. We don't care about anybody. This seems to be what happened. I'm not saying every doctor, every GP, every consultant. But their job is to look after people. Non-COVID related illnesses are killing people. Absolutely killing people. My GP sent me for a, a referral to hospital um, to see a consultant and then the consultant phoned me and said there was no need for me to go to that department that the problem um, I have is with a different department altogether. So I didn't even bother going back to the GP because like you just kind of, you don't, you don't, you just feel shit. Like you don't want to bother anymore. Like what? They really need to start getting them into the the buildings and seeing their patients and face to face and proper examination to give them the the correct diagnosis and to send them off to the correct consultant. We have been absolutely overwhelmed with calls and texts from people in a very similar situation. Vincent, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Vincent? Hi, Niall. How are you? I, I'm I'm absolutely astonished and overwhelmed with the amount of texts and messages and phone yeah. calls we're getting from people who can't get to see a GP or their consultant. Yeah. Yeah, I'm fairly overwhelmed myself, Niall, to be honest with you. I've been overwhelmed for months. Um, I tell you my story, Niall. Um, um, My fiancé has uh, two massive kidney stones in each kidney. Right. Um, No, she had one operated on in in February, and it was a success. So she still has one in the other kidney, which is a bit more serious. And she was supposed to get that operated on in the middle of March. 
and um, obviously, you know, the shit hit the fan in March. That was cancelled? Uh, that was cancelled. That was put on the Never Never. Um, now, she went for a pre-assessment for surgery for that um, four weeks ago. She was told she'd be waiting no more than two weeks to come in for surgery. Uh, that ha- We have heard nothing since. It's been four weeks now. Um, so we're waiting on that. My mother also... Is she in a lot of, is she in a lot of pain, Vincent? She's in incredible pain, Niall. I can imagine. Um, I can imagine. She has been for the last three years. Yeah. Um, they're afraid to give her anything too strong, you know, because... Um, we just like seem to have, we just seem to have abandoned everybody if it's yeah. non unless it's COVID related. Uh, exactly. we're, we're just yeah. abandoned, and and there was never any. When we look in hindsight, there was no need to cancel all these surgeries and all these appointments yeah. because the hospitals were never put under the pressure that that we were told they were going to be under. I know somebody who works in a hospital, in a major hospital, and she told me she hasn't seen it like this in twenty years. It's so quiet. She said beds are empty, A and E is empty. We saw it ourselves when we went for the pre-assessment a few weeks ago. Yeah, there was nobody in there. Ridiculous, like. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not having a go with the the healthcare workers, the frontline workers. Of course, but, but but because they were willing to put their lives in danger for everybody yeah. else. But that they never really had to do it because it never really happened. No, I didn't. Know? I mean, I'm delivering uh, every day, and I, I never stopped working since this started. Yeah, I'm delivering shops and businesses every day, and I I don't know anybody who knows anybody who got really sick from this disease. No, it was only a very small, finite amount of people that actually yeah. got very sick. Absolutely. Yeah. The majority of people didn't. That's what happened. And, and thankfully, the, the, this virus wasn't as dangerous as we were told it was going to be. Yeah, the figures God, were yeah. grossly exaggerated. But the problem is now, for, obviously, for your fiancé, is she's in great pain and she can't get an operation, a routine operation that she should have been able to get and should have got. And a lot of people are in that situation and we're watching people, as you rightly said, deteriorate and possibly in some cases, as the, the woman was telling us earlier on, She's waiting to die. Imagine a person saying that to you. I'm waiting to die. It's a horrible situation to be in. Vincent, thank you for sharing that with us. Uh, Maria, I just want to talk to you before I get to the news. Can. And I have so many people. I'm going to continue this after the news anyway because I have so many people to talk to. But Maria, you can't get to see your dentist. Yeah. yeah I, no, I, yeah. I've been in agony for the last couple of days and I rang my dentist this morning and um, I was informed that the nearest they could see me was Monday week. And uh, I would have to pay 185 euro because the HSE are not acknowledging or covering medical card um, right. patients at the moment. So what, what's wrong? Have you got an exposed nerve or something? Or uh, yeah, I, yeah. Listen, my head is lifting off my. I can. Uh, I, there's my nothing throat. worse than a tooth. Well, there is a lot of things worse than a toothache. Yeah. But I know what a toothache is like, Maria. I, I know how bad it can be. You would actually go out of your mind with pain. Yeah, and I'm thinking by the time Monday week will come, I'll probably be after overdosing on painkillers. Yeah, have you, really have you? So you didn't even get to see, like, even if you got to see a dentist, he could get prescribed an antibiotic to you because if it's an abscess that's on, on the nerve, you might be able to get rid of that with an antibiotic, you know? Yeah, but another dentist I rang, they'll see me, but it'll be this day week. I've rang numerous dentists. And is, will week. none of them even talk to you on the phone that maybe you can get a prescription for an antibiotic because it might no, just be an abscess? No, most of it is leave, leave a message and they'll get back to you. Right. So, months, so you've to, you've to literally put up with this pain for to, for another week. Another week, yeah, yeah. Do you think? I don't think you, people can't manage that kind of pain. It's just an incredible no, and pain. I have an underlying condition which isn't helping either. Right. Okay. What's wrong with you? So the whole thing added together is, um, yeah, it's just mental. Oh, I mean, I know it, it's just gone off the scale at the moment. We're just ignoring people, really, aren't we? Completely. I mean, listen, <laughs> the A&Es are going to fill up with people in a, in a, in a flash because people just won't be able to take it. Yeah. And how do you yeah. feel? I mean, what's your own mental health like at the moment? Are you going out of your mind? 
Well, I'm not too bad. I mean, I had to literally cocoon for the last couple of months. I mean, I did get out every so often, but because of the underlying condition I have, okay. um, I'm, I'm susceptible to picking anything up. But Of course, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I mean, this, believe you me, this, this tooth is... I know, uh, you feel like, you, yeah, I've had one, you feel like pulling it out of your head, don't you? Yeah, and it's, it's a big one at the back. All right, oh God. Have you tried, <laughs> have you tried that t- uh, tincture or whatever it is? Two yeah, actually, I'm a ground clove as well. That's it, yeah. I mean, my dad used to always swear by the cloves. My mother would be sticking them into the holes in my tooth. Is it a filling that's missing, Maria? I think it's a, yeah, a piece of a, of a filling has come out. I can okay, well, here, throat, okay. I, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't try and, you know, obviously diagnose on the air. But this happened to me before. I was away on holidays and I was eating something and part of my filling came out. And, uh, the, and the pain, I could, every time I breathed in, oh, the pain, the pain. Yeah, I'll never forget. Exactly. Yeah, okay, so yeah. I went down to the local pharmacy when I was away on holidays and I got this, it's a temporary filling. It's like an injection thing, right? Now, it's not a needle or anything like that, right? But it's an injection thing and it has this stuff in it like a cement, right? And, oh, yeah, yeah. And you inject it into the hole where your filling is and fresh it down and hold it for a couple of minutes. And then it goes hard. And believe me, it really worked for me. Yeah, well, I haven't actually heard of anything like that here in Ireland. Oh no, you get it. I know they have it. it. Yeah, they have it in the caves and they have it in boots. It's a temporary filling. You can get it. They they do sell temporary fillings. It's you get it in a little blister pack. It's a little injection with stuff in it that you just pack into the the hole. No, I like to hug you right now for giving me that info. <laughs> All right. If anybody knows, if somebody can text in and tell us where she can get it, as far as I know, McCabe's or Boots should have it. If they're, and they're all open, I think, aren't they, today or tomorrow? So you should be able to get them. All right. Yeah. But it's a te- it's know. called a temporary filling, and it'll be enough just to get you till Monday. Now, I don't recommend you leave it there forever. The dentist will then take that back out again when he's seen your, when he's looking at you. All right. But, yeah, it, it, but it will stop the air getting into the nerve and that pain. Listen, Maria, thank you very much and I hope you feel better, all right? Maria, if you're still listening, the amount of people texting in, by the way, about the temporary filling, you can get it in Boots. They probably have it in McCabe's or probably most pharmacies, but I know Boots definitely do. And it's called Temperin Max. Okay, somebody sent me in a photograph of it even here. They got to the trouble of sending it in. So for that other person who texted in and said, no, can you find out the name of it? It's called Temperin Max. And it's by Dentec. And basically what that is, it's not the syringe I was talking about, but the same thing. It's little tubs. I got that before as well. Little tubs. You take off the top and they give you this little plastic shovely thing and you dip it into it and take out a little lump of it. And what you're supposed to do is ball it in your fingers into a little ball, a tiny little ball. And then if you have a hole where the filling came out, you push it into it, okay? Hold it in with your finger for a few minutes. Make sure your hands are clean. Wash your hands, wash your hands. Make sure your hands are clean, all right? And hold it. It's a bit of a Joe Duffy thing now. Wash your hands, wash your hands. Put your, put your finger on it and hold it till it gets hard. It'll, it'll get hard. Just, it's all wrong. It'll get hard in a couple of minutes, all right? And uh, you just leave it there. Try not to drink any water or anything like that for about, uh, I think, 20 minutes. They'll tell you on the packet anyway. And what it does, you'll find the pain will go away. Now, the only thing is, if you do have an infection, that might not do the job. But generally speaking, it'll stop that feeling that you get a toothache. You know when you breathe in, when the cold air gets in, and the pain goes through you. It's a nightmare, okay? So that should help. It's called a Temperin. I'm looking at the picture of a Temperin Max is the name of it, okay? And it costs about 10 euro, according to this person who's WhatsApped. And thank you very much for everybody who's texting about that, okay? So if you have a toothache, that'll sort out. If it's, now, that's, of course, if it is a filling that's come out. Ray, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Ray? No, it hasn't, it hasn't it's hasn't terrible been. that I have to be a dentist on the air now as well as a doctor. Well, you know that temporary filling stuff I use it, I've used it. It's brilliant. It's great. So <laughs> I, use, I was away on holidays. and uh, So what it is, it's always when you go away on holidays you get a toothache. I have no idea what that's about. Well, it's more of a reason. Everybody's getting toothaches now because the dentists are closed. Yeah. Everything else, 
Well, if you're, if, you're, if your filling comes out, that's great stuff. Just to, now, it, it's not permanent. You know, no, it's, no. it's uh, do you until you manage to get to see a dentist. All right. Okay, so <laughs> what's your situation? Well, much like the one before me, I the COPD and asthma. And a couple of weeks ago, I, I, I wasn't feeling great around my GP from the point that I lived in, down the country. I moved to the country. And they told me they'd bring me back with an appointment. Okay. Um, and look, I rang him in the morning, there was no phone call all day, nothing from him at all, and it was getting a little bit worse. So I said, I'll take a chance, I rang the A&E in Cavan, and they told me to go in. And he ended up, I was in there for six days. And what was wrong with you? What was wrong with you? I had an infection. Oh, okay. Right, okay. Well, Chest if infection. I had seen the GP, I could have got an oral steroid and an antibiotic there and then, I wouldn't have to go into the A&E. They just kept me for the sake of keeping me because I wasn't... And what was happening when you were ringing the GP's office? Was somebody actually even answering I, the phone? Yeah, I got a phone. I got an answer of the chef's standing home. She said, don't come in. She said, I'll ring you back. We start an appointment. So she didn't ring me the whole day. I tried to ring again. There was no answer. So then I went to the hospital. The next day, at three o'clock in the day, I got a phone call from the GP. Asked me what was wrong with me. Like a bit like that, yeah. And I said, well, I'm actually in the hospital now at the moment. And his answer was, all oh, right, no problem. Well, I'll get your, I'll get your discharge from you. He says, I'll get back in touch with you. And that was it. He looked the phone. Yeah. didn't ask me what was wrong. Or, yeah, there seems to be a huge reluctance to actually see people, particularly face-to-face. And particularly, by the way, if you have a cough. Now, having COPD, of course, you're going to have a cough. But, and if you've well, asthma as well. Well, I cough all the time. Yeah, yeah. And I, I have what's called a, a rolling cough. If I cough, I look like I'm, I'm getting stressed from it. Yeah, of course. But it's yeah. just a cough. Yeah. Now, I can understand people looking at me saying... Jesus, your man, you know, what's wrong with him? But it is just a cough. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I, look, I'm a smoker. I have a bit of a oh. cough myself every now and again, you know. And that's what happens, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But another thing, I, just be quick with that, my nephew's wife's father had to get an operation, liver organs taken out, he had a growth in it. And he came home and the flu started growing on, the, on his neck, he lives here in Cavan. And he rang A&E in Cavan, they told him to come in to have a look at it, and there was fluid on it. And he said, you have to get that trained. We can't do it here. You'll have to go to Dublin, Bournemouth. And he says, okay, no problem. He says, yeah, but we've no way of getting you there. So we, <laughs> his daughter had to drive him down to Bournemouth. Okay. To, in to get the train done. She got down there at half twelve at night. She got home at two and got a phone call at half three saying, right, he's done, he can go home now. We'll come down to the second place. Oh, God, jeepers. <laughs> All the way back from Cavan again. All the way back to Cavan. Jeepers. She so had to wait till the next day the next morning to get him to drive to Dublin to get him to bring him back to, and to get him back to, to, to Cavan but they said there's no way but we can't get him there oh he has to get down there This that's flu he has to get that off but we can't do it here so they said how do you get him there but we can't do that you know you have to drop him down why, why couldn't they do it in Cavan by the way it's not, it's not like it's major surgery or anything like that because he got the surgery done. he has to go under his consultant apparently it was based mm. on bomb milk. Oh, right, okay. Oh, okay, no, no, I get you, I get you, I get you. All right, that, I mean, no, the whole thing is a mess, an absolute mess, right? Thanks for sharing that with us, all right? A lot of people just not able to get to see their GPs at the moment. Karen, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Karen? Hi, Niall, how are you? Good. Uh, you were dealing, obviously, with your 80-year-old mother. Yes, uh, we were. And how is she now? She's absolutely fantastic. Good. Hearing is great. Good. But we actually had to go through so many things for to try and get my mother's ears syringed. It was... Horrendous. So what was wrong with her? Her hearing was gone, obviously, was it? She's actually deaf. In her, she she uses hearing aids. Okay. And we thought that the hearing aids were acting up. And in fairness to the guy in 
I don't know if I can mention the name, yeah, but go ahead. I think I should because he was actually very good to my mom in Specsavers. Okay. Um, she went in to see and they said, no, the hearing aids are perfect. He lifted in her ears and he said, basically, your mom needs to have her ears her syringed. syringed. Yeah. So it was my sister that was with her then and cut a long story short, rang the GP. Oh, God, no, sorry, we can't do that. We're under a directive. It can't be done. So this went on for two whole weeks. And did you get to see the GP or was it just on the phone? Oh, no, 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 no. Just the no. phone? Just the phone, no. Okay, and, and he, did, he didn't want your mother in there at all? No. Right, okay. No. So this went on for two weeks, so you can imagine the stress. My mother is at home on her own, and, you know, she can't hear phones, she can't hear the front doorbell ringing. All these things going on. She must be very frustrated for her. Very frustrated. Yeah. And now for the very start of the cocooning, the minute it started, my mother just said, that's it, and didn't move. And she was actually very, very strong and very, very good. And we were all very happy with her. Yeah. But this knocked her. It really did. Of course. And it was yeah. very upsetting. It was very upsetting for her. It was very upsetting for us. Because even when you were trying to talk to her on the phone, I'm sure she was struggling. She couldn't She couldn't hear us. Yeah, I know. Yeah, She sure actually couldn't hear us. So in the end, between myself and my sister, we spent two whole days, Nyla, and I'm not exaggerating, between doctors... HSC departments, hospitals, and I, I went so far as ringing my local TD for to see who the bloody hell we could go to for to get this problem sorted out for our mother. And You'd nearly feel like chancing your arm and doing it yourself at that stage, wouldn't you? Uh, genuinely, now, I felt like I have a syringe here because I give my dog oh. medication, and I felt like saying, yeah, I'm going to go in There's here. There's warm and water, and let's just yeah. try it. But, but, but I wouldn't we, advise people in because you could damage oh, somebody's no, God, area, no, of course. Yeah. No. Now, we had tried everything, you know, over-the-counter remedies, the whole works. Yeah. But the, the basic thing that could have been done for my mother, that should have been done when this occurred was not done and for people to be left the way they're being left is just absolutely appalling it's it's to be honest with you what's happening as far as i'm concerned is worse than covid19 now i know a lot of people have died during covid19 i'm not disregarding yes, that fact and, but and our sympathies to everybody absolutely, that has been but, affected by it but the very fact that people can't get to see a doctor we can't get yeah. early diagnosis for heart disease cancers all those other things and people people are going to die and, yeah. and I think a lot more people are going to die in the next yeah. year or so from the long-term effects of this than died actually from COVID-19. Yep. And in the end, when I actually eventually did speak to the GP, I said, you know, this is serious. And so, or maybe I should see her. So, yeah, I put her in for an emergency appointment. Mm-hmm. And that was coming in, into the June weekend. Well, I'm not working tomorrow. So this is on a Thursday. Not working tomorrow. So actually Sunday, Monday bank holiday. Yeah, she'll have to come to the surgery, so to see me on Monday mm-hmm. or Tuesday. Tuesday. And in the end, then, my sister rang back and she said, we have found somebody that is going to help us. Yeah. And it was genuinely and honestly like winning the lotto for us. And, for and something as simple as getting your ear syringe, which should be just yes. a matter of going into your doctor and getting it done. Yes, it was. That's what they're there for. That's what they trained to do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just like seem like it seems like everybody has just abandoned their duty, um, yeah. and you know, and their duty is to save lives. Their duty is to look after people. We have a healthcare system which seems to just have collapsed completely, unless, of course, you've COVID nineteen. Uh, it no, seems I, the health the healthcare system was collapsed before COVID nineteen happened, and 
I'm sorry, there is no excuses for the way they have left people now. They but that, that poor woman at the start of the show, I mean, who's yeah. struggling with her health, goes into a hospital and is told to stand out on the street. Yeah. What, what way is that to treat people? That is, that's inhumane. You, you just don't do that to people. And I mean, I'm at the other end as well of, of the skate where I'm waiting. My daughter is waiting on surgery. That can only be done in Dublin. But here's, here's the irony of this whole thing, Karen. Two, two weeks ago, I could get a big whopper from McDonald's. Today, I can yeah. go into pennies and buy a pair of knickers and a bra, right? Well, not yeah. me personally buying bras, obviously. Uh, but we, our priorities are all wrong. All wrong. I mean, we can do all these things, but we didn't look at the basic thing, which is people's health, which is the most important thing, or health is our wealth, as they say. So we're not looking after people's health. GPs, many of them, are still not seeing people. They're taking them over the phone unless it's it's an emergency. Consultants, as that GP mentioned earlier on, who said he is seeing people, by the way, but consultants are not seeing people. Surgeries are still being cancelled. Diagnosis for cancer is not being done. No screenings. No. No bowel breath. We've abandoned everything, but yet we can open a shop that sells bras and knickers and we can serve yeah. a, big wa- a Big Mac. You know what I mean? And people can queue at three o'clock in the morning for it to go into these non-essential. Absolutely. And, I mean, no, no, don't get me essential. wrong. All those things should have been open anyway as well when we need them open. But we should have been opening this first. These sh- this should have been our priority. 110%. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe that people are being left the way they're being left. It's just awful. And what's wrong with Irish people that we're not saying anything? That we're just accepting this? That we just, oh, it's, it's the cor- oh, coronavirus. Yeah. Yeah. That, has, that, that, would, that has always been the way now, and it will always be the way. We're very silent, aren't we, at we're, times we're like this? We're too silent. Yep. And there we have a government who are too busy trying to get themselves back into power again to even probably care. You know exactly. All right, listen, thank you very much yeah. indeed. And I'm thanks glad we're sharing our views. Karen, <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a little rant together, Karen. All right, thanks oh, very much okay. indeed. Thanks, All right, see you. Bye. Bye. Sylvia, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Sylvia? Hi, Niall. How you doing? Your dad's eye surgery was cancelled. When was he due to have it? The 11th of May. Okay, so that was right in the middle of things. All right, okay. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So, and what did they, did they give him a, a future date or did they just say till no. further notice? No, nothing. I got a phone call just a few days beforehand to say that the surgery was cancelled and that the surgeon will probably be in touch with a new date. And, and we've heard nothing You've heard nothing since. since. What's, what's wrong with his eye, nothing. by the way? What's wrong with his eye? He has cataracts on both eyes. Okay. But um, he pro- they progress quicker because he has uh, diabetes. Like, how old, so is, how old like, is he? He's 77. Okay. So, And can he see much at all or is it very bad? No. No. The left eye is completely gone. The right eye is not too far behind. I'm at the stage now. He'll be getting paper plates. I tell him one of these days. Right. I have two plates left, and I have two cereal bowls left in the house. Okay, because unfortunately he's he's got a he bit clumsy. Thinks, yeah. He thinks he's putting them on the table or the counter, and he's missing. Them. All right. Ah, the poor man. That's that's a terrible situation. A terrible way to leave somebody, isn't it? It is shocking. I mean, after should, working all his life, yeah, it shouldn't a five come to year, that. Five-year waiting list for the medical card, so he's had no other choice when he go private. Right. Okay. That's going to cost an arm and a leg. Well, I suppose yeah. what price do you put in your sight? Well, he's no, no absolutely. Quality, he's no quality of life without it. No, you're right. He hasn't. He hasn't. Well, look, um, Sylvia, I hope he gets seen well, soon. Same. And I and I hope our government start to wake up and realise there's people all over the country now waiting patiently. Uh, well, there's people waiting anyway. And 
this virus is being blamed for a lot of things that were going on long before this virus was even heard of. Absolutely, absolutely, you're right. People were waiting a long time for appointments before COVID-19 came along. But look, the fact was that she did get an appointment and now it was cancelled. Yeah, but hopefully he'll get a new one. But I mean, I can't fault his GP. His GP has been brilliant. Okay, and has has his GP gone, has he gone to see his GP? His GP has come to see him. Okay, well, at least that's something. That's good, yeah. yeah I've had him to the house now a few times because he's on peritoneal dialysis. Right, okay. I do that at home four times a day for him, and there's a few times I've had needed him just to get bloods to send up to the hospital rather than take him out to the hospital. Yeah. And he, I can't fault him. Okay, well, well done, to him. well done to the GP anyway for going out of his way to do that. Thank you very much, Sylvia. Uh, John, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, John? Yeah, good afternoon, Mike. Uh John... Uh, it says my screen you had a heart attack. Are you all right? I did, yeah. Well, yeah, so I'll tell you exactly what happened. Noel. It was last Thursday, um, gone out. Uh, not yesterday, no, the Thursday before. Uh, I got a pain in my chest. Right. And uh, now I'm a smoker and I'm a coffer. Yeah. And um, I thought maybe, because the cough had got a little bit worse, I thought maybe I had pulled the muscle in my chest. Damaged the muscle, yeah. Enough. I did yeah. that before, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so... Um, Anyway, I uh, tried to contact my GP by phone, and all I was getting was, uh, this mailbox is full, you cannot leave a message, goodbye. And I tried that all day Thursday, so I tried it all day Friday, just got the same result. He doesn't open on Saturday, Sunday, tried him all day Monday. And was the pain Saturday. consistent? Were you still getting it the pain? It was consistent, yeah, yeah, it was consistent. But then okay. on Tuesday morning, um, I got up out of bed, and I had the pain in my chest, and I was sitting at the coffee table having a glass of water and uh, the pain just gradually got worse and worse and worse. Now, I'm uh, a retired uh, healthcare worker, retired in January. Okay. And we did, obviously... um, You've a bit of knowledge when it comes to different uh, symptoms, yeah. Yeah, first aid courses and refresher courses and all like that and we're quite well aware of the symptoms. So... um, I'm sure you were worried, sick. You must have thought I'm going out the gap here. Well, I'm... uh, I'm not a warrior. I don't do pressure, you know. Pressure's for tires. So, <laughs> I, uh, I knew there was something wrong. So, uh, my breathing began to get very uh, laboured. And I was getting cold sweats and I was getting a bit weak. Right. <clears throat> so, I just picked up the phone and I phoned 999. Right, good thing. And uh, the lads came out. They were brilliant. Uh, checked me out in the house. Says, now you're going to the hospital. So, went to the hospital anyway. So, the heel of the hunt was, I had taken a heart attack. Right, okay, so they put the, and uh, what do you call it on you then, the, the monitor on you and uh, checked? They put it, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they put that many stickers on me and <laughs> took them off that many times. I, I think I had a good waxing down there. <laughs> yeah, and um, then I was transferred then the following day from Connolly Hospital down to the Matter Hospital. Okay. And again, brilliant staff down there. And um, they put me into the theatre and uh, gave me the angiogram. Okay. Where they pump in the dye and all like that, you know. Okay. And uh, thankfully, um, it wasn't uh, a worse scenario. I didn't need a stent. Uh, I didn't need a, any surgery. But um, it, it was it was quite severe. But my, my problem is, I cannot get in touch with my GP whatsoever. That's he awful. Might as well be on the moon. Now, I did try his mobile number because I have that on my phone. And because I don't have a medical card and I'm a cash, a cash paying customer, yeah, fifty quid. He normally yeah. will. Uh, he has more. He obviously has my number than his mobile number because he just answers hello, John. Yeah, you know. But um, he wasn't even answering his mobile phone, 
So now my, my partner is disabled and she's on medication and my main worry when I was in hospital was that I knew she was out of her medication by yesterday. Now I was discharged from hospital yesterday. So you were in hospital worried about yourself and worried about your partner at the same time because no I one was there to look after her. Yeah, there's no one yeah. there to look after her, you know. Well, it's just myself and herself and two dogs. And um, she, <clears throat> she's, she's in a wheelchair. She says she couldn't get to the surgery even. So um, as soon as I got out of hospital yesterday, got home here, dropped me little bag and into the car and off I went to uh, the surgery. And uh, they they don't open the door. The surgery is uh, in an, uh, a bungalow and has a standard hall door on it with a letterbox on the bottom of the door. And you have to do your uh, conversation with the receptionist through the letterbox. This is getting so silly, isn't I it? I needed to pick up the prescription, but... Um, Could you not even open the door and tell you to stand not back? At all. No, no, no. That's no, ridiculous. No. Uh, you, you're talking to her, to her through the door. So I said, well, I need to pick up the prescription. I said, she's out of her medication today. Uh, plus through the letterbox? You're talking yeah. to her through a letterbox? Yeah, but there was, there was also... A, but she's a, a healthcare... She's working in healthcare. She's a receptionist for a doctor. Could she not have a mask on her or come out to the door to you and just say to you, can you just stand back a metre or two or whatever? I mean... Well, I you mean, would think so. You would, you think would so. imagine just <coughs> cur- out of courtesy. Yeah, but no, no. But just and treating I mean, people is, like animals here. This is a solid wooden door. I know, I know, I know what you're talking about, yeah. You're going to a glass in it, you know. To a letterbox. So, um, but I, I was also not only picking up my partner's prescription, you know, she's on a medical card, so the money changes hands with that. But there was also a prescription for a totally unrelated thing. Um, I'm on a tablet called Allopurin, all it's for gout. Okay. Right? And... Um, Jeez, you're, not, you're not having a good time at all, are you, John? She charges me. <laughs> don't, 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 look, don't let me go there. I was knocked down the year before last week. Ah, I, stop. Go I had to get a new hip. You know, so I got a new hip. So you're keeping years. the health service busy, were you, anyway? Well, yeah. It was indeed. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. indeed. I'll tell you one thing. How does the gout affect you, by the way? I mean, I know a lot of people have gout. I'm getting old now. Maybe I should be worried about it. What, what is your leg? Just your foot stay for? How does gout yeah, affect well, you? Well, I usually just get it in the foot, you know. But since, since I went on these tablets, uh, I haven't had a problem with it. Oh, you know? okay. And what is that? Just a pain in your foot? What is, what is gout, by the it's way? I hear about it. It's the most extremely painful thing you can get. Uh, like, I mean, if you're in bed at night, you can't even get uh, just a sheet blowing it. Oh, right, you okay. Know? So your your skin gets sensitive and everything, is it? Everything. Oh, the pain is, the pain is horrific. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> I okay. wouldn't wish it would be worse than All right, okay. But at least uh, you have medication that, that helps it anyway. That's the main yeah, thing, yeah. But the thing is, you see, because I don't have a medical card, uh, he charges me 50 euro for... Uh, a prescription every month. Yeah. yeah. So um, I also had to pick up my prescription. So so fifty quid for talking to a letterbox. Yeah, I told. I can't even talk to the letterbox because it, it's on the ground. <laughs> you know, it's on the bottom of the door. So I said, I said. And I how far speak. away from the door was she? The receptionist or he? Uh, she. She. How uh, far away? How far away were they? She, I said, standing just directly behind the door. But did I just open the door? No. That's this is just ridiculous. But I, I asked. And then they charge you. And did you have to put your fifty quid to the letterbox? I had to. And she she insisted on me putting the fifty quid to the letterbox first before she passed the prescription out. Oh my! What are so we tur- What are we turning well, into? They know me quite well. They know I'm going on sixty six, and I'm not a very fast runner. <laughs> 
No. There was no, there was no chance, and I have a, that I you were going to run hip. off with the prescription. I have a new hip, so there's no way I was legging it with the prescription. With your gout and your new hip and your yeah, heart attack. That's it, yeah. Yeah, you weren't going anywhere very fast, no. No, not too quickly, no. Not too quickly at all, you know. Mm. And I, I wanted to get down to pennies because I needed to get a bra. <laughs> uh, because I wanted to go to McDonald's, so I wanted to get three hamburgers. Three well, yeah, well at, at least you can go to pennies and get a bra if you really wanted yeah. to, John. But you can't even get a prescription from your doctor unless you want to put money to a letterbox. That's it's it, ridiculous. Yeah. Carry on. Yeah. So, in other words, checkout staff in Pennies or Duns or all the other shops that have been open, many of them, by the way, have been open right through this. Yeah. And, and many have been open in the last week. They'll all be open by Monday. They can all go to work. They can all be face-to-face with the general public. But the one people we want to be face-to-face with, who is our doctors and our nurses yeah. and everyone, they're not willing to do it, it seems. No, no. It, now, I'm not going to say all, because that GP yeah. did text in earlier on to say that he was willing to do it. That's true. It's yeah. a bizarre situation. Bizarre situation. Yeah. And meanwhile, Leo and his boys, Michal and Leo and all the Green Party or whoever is going to be in the Green Party when all this nonsense stops because poor old Eamon Ryan would say he had a sleepless night last night. Uh, I mean, they're all busy in government, not worried about you and your gout and your hip and everything else, your heart attack. No. All they're worried about is getting back into power again. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Jesus they have to they have to maintain the standard of Oh people. the country's a mess. They need a ah the country's a mess. It's a joke at this yeah. stage. Yeah. Absolute yeah. joke. Listen, thank you, John, for sharing that with me. And at least you're you know, at least you're <laughs> you're still feeling up about the whole thing and you're still feeling good uh, about yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, yeah sure, yeah, you yeah. might as well. Yeah. You might as well laugh you at it. Well. Yeah, sure, you only live once. Yeah, she might off you go down to Penny's there and get yourself a nice brag. Well. Yeah, but so you want to get the bra because I want to go through a McDonald's really trail, get three burgers, I can put one on each of the cups of the bra to keep them warm and eat the other one the car on the way home. Absolutely. What are you gonna do with your nuggets, but thanks John have a good day alright and I hope you feel good and I wish you good health for going forward as well Okay, so many people, by the way, texting in. I could have filled the show today with people who can't get an appointment for the GP, can't get to see their GP, can't get to see a consultant, and can't seem to get a hospital to take them seriously anymore. Now, I'm not having a go, all right? (laughs) But I kind of am. We're out there every week clapping for the heroes, right? And... With the greatest respect, I know the heroes are willing to put themselves on the front line for COVID-19 because we were estimating tens of thousands of people dying. It never happened, thankfully. Never happened. The same in the UK, they estimated a half a million people would die. Never happened. The figures were grossly exaggerated. We all know that now. I'm not saying lockdown wasn't the right thing to do at that time. It was at that time because we were in uncharted territory. But we knew within weeks from the data we could see from other countries that it wasn't as bad as we thought it was going to be, thankfully. Some people did lose their lives, sadly. We were cautionary, which was right, but we've abandoned people with genuine illnesses. And there is 10,000 other illnesses out there apart from COVID-19 that will kill us quicker than COVID-19. And yet we abandoned everybody. Hospitals, we cleared people out of hospitals. We cancelled operations, life-saving operations in some cases. And yet, the hospitals never came under the pressure that we expected them to come under. We even paid $115 million per month to rent out the private hospitals to make sure we had enough space. We threw people from hospitals into nursing homes without even checking them for COVID-19 and we all saw what happened there. But we have abandoned the most vulnerable in society. Sick people. And where's the government today to talk about it? Now they're busy talking about who's got into power next. That's all they're concerned about at the moment, really, isn't it? Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hit.